You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend and co-host, Andy Brar. Thanks for tuning in. We've got uh, a fun show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions later in the hour. App of the Week uh, as well. And uh, we've got uh, a cool guest on, uh, Duncan Stewart, uh, talking about predictions. Yeah, Duncan Stewart uh, works over at Deloitte. And his job every year is to take all the data of what's happening in the tech world and make predictions for the for the year. And if you look at his predictions from last year, he is about right, almost 80 to 85% right on all of his predictions because he is using data to make these. And so what I do, and I'm giving the secret away, is I start using his predictions as my own, so I, I sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we actually have him on the show from Paris, believe it or not, today to talk about <laughs> these predictions that he did. I was at the event earlier this week. Yeah. Um, and watched him talk about all these tech predictions, and it's fascinating stuff. I can't wait to talk to him about it. No, I always like hearing these. Uh, you know, we go every January to the Consumer Electronics Show, so we get to see a lot of the tech that's out there. But it's always kind of uh, interesting to then uh, think, uh, you know, when will these things take hold? Yeah, if ever, really. You know, A- absolutely. So, you like, know, we're going to be talking about 3D printers, uh, faster internet speeds, uh, all kinds of stuff. So you'll want to stay tuned for uh, Duncan Stewart. He's uh, uh, very entertaining and quite in- informative as well. Uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, news, Andy. Uh, Apple released their uh, quarterly results, uh, you know, one of their most profitable quarters ever, one of the most profitable quarters in U.S. history of any company. And and everyone's beaten on them now because um, – they, how many iPhones do they sell? 74.8 million. Yes. and 74 and the, million, almost 75 million iPhones. And everyone's beating on them now because uh, Apple is saying uh, iPhone sales are going to start decreasing starting next quarter. Well, analysts predicted that or assumed that they were going to sell 76.3 million. So the <laughs> fact that they missed that. But Yet still had this killer profitable. The thing, is, the thing is, Mike, and the reason why this is a big deal is that Apple, if you look at their revenue, they're an iPhone company. That's where their money comes from. Yes. Now, they've come out with new products like the Apple Watch, which, by the way, they did not reveal how, many, uh, how much money they made from the Apple Watch. They kind of just lumped it with the iPad. And, and Analysts all. estimate, though, it's in the billions. Yeah, but they don't – like the thing is they don't have that, that new breakaway product that is going to take the world by storm like the iPhone did, like the iPad did back in 2010. Yeah. It's 2016, and what are they doing? They're actually making products that other people have already made, like a smartwatch. Smartwatches were around two years before Apple got into the game. So the thing is, can they make a new product category? Because if the iPhone sales go down and they don't make money on the iPhone, then both the analysts and the investors are going to get worried because that's where all their bread and butter is coming from. What do you think, Annie? Are we getting saturated with smartphones now? I think so. You know, when these new categories pop up, like smartphones, or you remember flat screen TVs when they first came out? Yeah. The manufacturers couldn't make enough of these things. You know, the Sonys, LGs, Samsungs, they were, you know, lighting up factories, trying to manufacture as many flat panels as possible because. Everyone wanted one, you know, the price point and hit the right price, you know, in the $1,000 and under price range. And, I mean, they're awesome. Huge, great price, and way better than the old, you know, tube TVs. And it got to a point where everyone got one. The thing, the thing about and smartphones. Then, and then it went down. The thing about smartphones, especially the iPhone, people that have it love it. 
and it's indispensable. It's like they cannot even imagine living without it. Yes. But it's very, very expensive, especially with the Canadian dollar at the way it is. So I think what you're going to see, rather than people going to their carriers and signing up a two-year contract to get a subsidized phone, you're going to see... Well, and we've seen this already. Software as a service, you know, like like uh, Office 365. I guarantee you in the next couple of years, we're going to see smartphone as a service where you're paying a monthly subscription fee to get the latest iPhone because nobody wants to pay $1,000 outright. Kind of like a car. You don't know. Most people don't pay a car outright. They make installment plans. And I think that's what Apple is trying to move towards to keep people in that ecosystem but at the same time, have the latest iPhone when it's available. Is, is there not enough new technology in the smartphones now? Like, you know, I know a lot of people that have like an iPhone 5S. That's still a fantastic phone. Yes. And right? you, know, you know what's funny? I don't know if you I, – I read a lot of the rumor mail about yeah. what's going on with Apple. There's, there's thinking that the new uh, – the uh, iPhone, I guess the, the 7 version that's coming out, I guess, around August – might have a smaller screen. They're going to go back to a smaller screen. Well, I, I heard that actually March they're going to announce a smaller one. Really? A 4-inch model. A 4-inch. Again, that's the rumors. But makes sense to me because not everyone wants a giant Giant screen. screen. Yeah. Uh, I love my iPhone 6S. It's fantastic. Um, I kind of miss the smaller screen sometimes, though. It's because the one-handed use. When yes. you get a big screen, you cannot <clears throat> use it with just one hand. No. And, and that's what Steve Jobs always said, why he wasn't going to bring out like a phablet or, or a bigger phone, because um, you need to be able to use one hand to do everything with your thumb. You need to be able to reach all corners of the screen. And with the larger phones now, you can't do that anymore. It's funny because I remember back in 2012 when Samsung came out with the original Galaxy Note. And we were like, is this a phone? Is it a tablet? And everyone called them phablets. The, the, the original Note, I think, had a 5.2-inch screen. Yeah. Most smartphones, and we, and we were laughing. <laughs> we were laughing, and and now four years later, yeah, pretty much any phone that you get has a screen size at least five inches. Yeah, so it's it's weird how we suddenly just kind of move towards bigger screens, but now you're going to see a trend going back. Some manufacturers are even thinking about making the flip phone, bringing that back as well. So, <laughs> what is old is new again. It's uh, well, I I think as um, these phones get better with the voice recognition and activation as well um you know do you need a large screen as much i don't know like because if you can just talk to your phone and your phone can say you know hey where's the nearest mcdonald's and your phone like well just keep walking down 50 feet and turn right you don't necessarily need to look at the now, screen now are you using siri a lot for more for, more and more yes more and more it yeah. takes a while hey because you have to you, kind you of gotta get used you got to get used to it it's a mindset like you got to train yourself to use it uh the, the one thing i like about the iphone 6s is that um I can just use my voice. I can say, hey, Siri. See, now it's already active. <laughs> it's been listening. Enough, yeah. Uh, and ask it questions. You know, I can uh, use it as my alarm when I'm, you know, in bed. I can say, hey, Siri, can you set the alarm for – got to stop doing that again. <laughs> it's activated. Your, your phone's getting activated. <laughs> uh, you know, set the alarm for, uh, you know, 7 a.m. And then when it goes off, I can say, hey, Siri, uh, turn that off. So it's kind of cool. Um, and now I'm using it to uh, type out messages and stuff. It's pretty accurate. Now, as you know, I'm on the Android side, but I'd be using their voice um, abilities as well because, you know, like in a day-to-day, you're like, oh, I got to buy milk or, or something yeah. like that. So I actually will tell my phone, remind me to buy milk when I get, you know, at this place. And so then you get these kind of push notifications, and it's actually helping me a lot because you get those random things, oh, I got to do this. 
I just talk to my phone, set a reminder to do this, and it goes right into my calendar. And I think in the next couple of years, as we get more accustomed to talking to our phones, not talking to somebody, to our phones, yes, we are going to, it's almost like your personal digital assistant. And, and I'm, more and more people are doing that. And I think the manufacturers are going to really push voice. It's gotten really good in the last couple of years. We're going to have to take a break. You'll want to stay tuned because when we come back, we've got Duncan Stewart from Deloitte uh, talking about uh, tech predictions in media technology and telecommunications. So everything from 3D printers to how fast the Internet's going to be. VR. Virtual reality. Uh, We're going to find out from him when he thinks some of those things are going to land. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar on the line, all the way from Paris. We've got Duncan Stewart. Uh, he's with Toloitz and uh, here to talk about the uh, top technology, media, and telecommunication predictions uh, coming up in the next year. Thanks for joining us, Duncan. Uh, great to be here. And just to be clear, not Paris, Ontario, Paris, France. Paris. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I always uh, enjoy uh, these uh, these predictions. Uh, you know, as I was telling your listeners uh, earlier in the show, uh, Andy and I and the team, we always get to go down to the Consumer Electronics Show and see all these cool things. But, you know, it takes a while for a lot of these technologies to kind of filter into the, the, the mainstream. But, uh, you know, obviously you're covering a, a wide uh, range here. What are some of the, the top things that uh, you're uh, excited about? Uh, well, I mean, uh, w- this thing I do for Deloitte, it's called Deloitte Predictions at TMT, that's Tech, Media, and Telecom. Uh, we do this every year, been doing it for 15 years now. There's 17 predictions this year. Uh, we sort of focused on 10 uh, that probably were the most relevant to Canada. Uh, I, I mean, what's the most, most, most important, most relevant? It, it kind of depends what business you're in or what you're most interested in, you know, the consumer focus or, or maybe looking at the hot new device to buy for your kids or maybe even what technology should your company be using next year. Uh, let's start off with um, one of the things that's really important, which is mobile commerce. You probably have seen some of the financial results in the last little while, and, and you know that companies like Facebook and so forth are driving more and more of their revenues from mobile and we're spending more and more times on our mo- more and more time on our mobile devices but one of the things that's kind of weird is that although we've used our smartphones to uh, browse to look at look at things online we very infrequently have actually pulled the trigger and bought them uh, when you take a look at uh, all the people who've ever looked at a checkout form on uh, on a on a smartphone Fewer than one in twelve actually ended up uh, buying whatever it was they were looking at. So that that's called a mobile shopping cart abandonment, and and the issue on smartphones is really bad. What we see occurring in 2016 for the first time is uh, real growth in what we call touch commerce. Uh, this is the idea that with a fingerprint or one or two taps of your fingers, you can auto-populate the fields. Now, this comes from our, our credit card companies like you know Visa and MasterCard, but also uh, PayPal does it, Apple does it, uh, even Amazon. Uh, there was a statistic I saw last week, something like 20-some million people were using their Amazon account to pay for non-Amazon goods. Uh, my phrase for this is that the mobile checkout just got an express line. Very, very cool. Um, but it's interesting, uh, you just saying that, I don't, you know, people aren't totally bought into it yet? 
Uh, it, it's still still coming. A lot of people worry about security uh, and they don't enable it. And of course, uh, one of the reasons that uh, mobile shopping cart abandonment is so high is that a lot of the times what we do is we uh, we go online. We're in a physical store. We're 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 what's called showrooming. We are checking out the price of the good that's in front of us on our smartphones online, seeing if we can save a few bucks. But one of the problems is, are we saving a few bucks online? What about if you add delivery charges or sales tax? And so sometimes we actually, you know, click on that checkout uh, checkout process on our smartphone just to find out what they they call the fully landed price uh, and how it compares to the in store. And of course, if it's cheaper in store, then we buy in store rather than through our smartphone. That's not shopping cart abandonment because of difficulty with checkout. It's because we weren't able to get a deal. What about some of these other payment technologies like Apple Pay and Samsung Pay? Are are they relevant yet? Uh, what is this? What is this? I'm in Paris, so you're hassling me here. Yeah, uh, I am. One of our predictions. One of our predictions for 2015 was that we thought that mobile payments on our smartphone, in that tap and go way, you know that you know how your credit card you can just tap and go. Yes. That's using a technology called NFC, near field communications, and and you know. Me, when I'm in Canada, I must use that 10 times a day. And retailers love that because I move right through the checkout. You know, there's no PIN code. There's no signature. If you're down in the States, you don't need to show ID. It's just, it's super fast. And, and we predicted that that same technology on credit cards that is on our phones, as you say, with Samsung Pay and Apple Pay and a lot of others, we thought that would really take off in 2015. And we were hideously, horribly, just, just, just terribly <laughs> wrong. Almost nobody in the States uses it. Why? Uh, Why? Uh, Canada is still early. Yeah. Uh, UK low. Uh, one estimate, one number I saw is that of people who have the right kind of Apple phone, fewer than 3% are using uh, the contactless payment. Why is that? Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, no, it's Duncan, it's Duncan. I paid money to know. We don't know. Uh, there's lots of theories. People say, oh, it's security. Uh, but it's exactly the same technology that's on your credit card. It's not any more secure or less secure. Well, it's not as convenient. You're right. I have my phone in my hand 19 hours a day, but putting it away, reaching into my wallet and taking out my credit card is, is more convenient. It, it simply doesn't make any sense. I suspect we're just wrong on timing, that, that it didn't happen in 2015. And then by 2016, 2017, it'll start catching on. But for now, we think that the number of mobile payments that are done through, you know, filling in credit card details on a phone, whether with, uh, you know, 100 keystrokes or, or a single fingerprint, we think that's actually going to be the dominant form of mobile commerce instead of contactless. Moving along, uh, what about 3D printing? Um, I was down at the Consumer Electronics Show. We were at the BC Tech Summit here. There's 3D printers everywhere, but uh, are they storming the market yet? Yes and no. So when I was at CES as well, and, and it's certainly amazingly cool to stand there and with your phone uh, to take a video. Well, as long as you speed it up, they're still pretty slow. Uh, but it's really cool to see some of the things that 3D printers can make. But there's really two markets here. One of them is the enterprise market. This is for businesses, and I have talked to automobile companies and aerospace companies and medical companies uh, around the world, and they love their 3D printers. They are making objects in plastic, in metal, uh, sometimes prototypes. Uh, one of my favorite examples is doctors at hospitals print out models of, of like a, a child's head with tumors and nerves and, and the blood vessels, and they then practice doing the cancer surgery on the plastic model. 
15, 20 times getting it right so that when they actually operate on the real kid, the operation goes much more successfully. I think that's a brilliant application. But that's all at the enterprise level. Uh, when we look at consumer 3D printers, of, despite all the hype at CES, this technology is, is not going forward. It's going backward. Uh, consumers are learning that these devices are expensive. They are hard to use, hard to calibrate, hard to set up. Uh, they jam all the time. They work painfully, slowly. And at the end of the day, they produce two-inch high plastic objects that, you know, <laughs> frankly, uh, I, uh, you know I, I've been to McDonald's and gotten the Happy Meal, and I can get it that way too. So the consumer 3D printing market is so much smaller than you might think uh, based on CES. As a matter of fact, uh, the world's second largest manufacturer of uh, consumer 3D printers exited the business on December 27th of 2015. So it's it's not even it's not per, it's not a market that's about to take over. It's a market that is uh, pulling back at least for the short term. You haven't seen the pancake bot then, have you? <laughs> Well, no, and that's the thing, the pancake one and the chocolate one, and it's all real cool, but, but is this something that people are buying in the, in, the, in the millions of units or the tens of millions of units? Gosh, no. The, the average consumer has, has – my phrase for this is that the uh, 3D printer uh, that everybody bought in 2015 uh, is the, uh, the uh, modern equivalent of the bread maker or the macrame quit. <laughs> it, uh, it's something you try once or twice, and then you put it in the garage beside all your other all your other used toys. Duncan, uh, if you don't mind, do you, uh, can you stick around for a bit? We want to hear a few more predictions. Love to. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more with Duncan, Duncan Stewart from Deloitte. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. We're broadcasting live across the Chorus Radio Network throughout Canada. On the line, we've got uh, our friend Duncan Stewart. He's uh, calling us all the way from Paris, France. Thanks for uh, hanging on the line there, Duncan. Uh, happy to still be here. Fantastic. Uh, so we've been talking about uh, Deloitte's uh, predictions for uh, telecom, media, technology. Uh, let's uh, keep going here. Uh, what about um, 4K? Uh, you know, a lot of uh, TVs being sold that are 4K, which is ultra-high definition. Uh, I think the broadcasters and content still trying to catch up. We're seeing uh, companies like uh, Netflix and YouTube offering it. But how is the Internet speed going to keep up with that? Well, there's a couple things going on. Uh, well, the first one is, as you say, content's been short, but that's actually starting to change in Canada. We now have, I mean, I'm talking to a Canadian audience. This wouldn't be quite so relevant uh, here in France, uh, where I'm, I'm doing some business for Deloitte, uh, but there's going to be hockey in 4K. See, the French really just don't Woo! care. Nobody, nobody <laughs> around me is that excited. Back in Canada, that's a big deal. So we're going to have hockey in 4K. We're going to have baseball in 4K. Uh, this is Canadian games. Uh, I think uh, there's, there's like uh, almost 100 or so games going to be broadcast this year so that's going to be that's going to be uh, something that that does help move the needle on the tv sets uh, but those are going to be distributed largely not over the top. So when you watch 4K over YouTube or Netflix, that's when you need higher internet speeds. The uh, the broadcasters moving into that is going to going to help push 4K. It's going to make people buy TV sets, but not just TV sets. It's also going to be uh, laptops. 
One of the things is that a 4K TV, if you were down at Vegas, you would have seen some of those sets, and those are great. Man, I, I'd love to get me a 100-inch TV set. No, I wouldn't. I've got nowhere to put it. It wouldn't fit my <laughs> I know, I'm serious. There's a hole on my wall for a TV set, and it's not 100 inches across. No. But, but you know, uh, a big 30-inch monitor that shows 4K, right, you know, that's only, and it's not that, because when I watch my TV set, I'm, I must be, what, 10, 12 feet away from it? Yes. Whereas my monitor, I'm two feet away from it, maybe three. So uh, we're going to see some 4K monitors coming out, and that's going to be great for TV and for gaming. But when we look at that over-the-top stuff, uh, we are seeing more and more uh, content uh, being viewed over-the-top through things like Netflix and YouTube and other services, and that's the stuff that's eating up the bandwidth. Lloyd's predicting that over 6 million homes by the end of this year uh, in Canada will have access to what we call gigabit Internet. This is 1,000 megabits per second. Now, it's pricey. tends to be around about $150 a month. Uh, but for those who are, you know, really wanting to, to drink deep at the Internet trough, uh, that 1,000 megabit service, we predict that hundreds of thousands of Canadians will have signed up by the end of the year. Well, I, I see it's being rolled out by Rogers and Bell back east. I, I haven't heard anything out west here uh, yet, but uh, it, it seems that it is starting to go. But you were right. The, it's I looked around at the world. The, it's coming <laughs> around the world. The, the prices are crazy. Like it was like 150 bucks that I was looking at. Well, but that's that. I mean, you know, a thousand megabits. I mean, I'm paying. I'm paying. I think it's about 60 bucks a month for uh, for. I think it's 35 megabits. So so paying two and a half times more for 30 times the speed. If I need that speed, is not a terrible idea. And I, I got to be honest with you. I look at my home service. And most of the time, I'm relatively happy with it. But there's times when I, I kind of think to myself, man, I wish, especially when my kids come over and visit, right? I've got, I've got four kids. And, and when each one of them wants to watch an over-the-top product at the same time in my house, uh, I, need, I need more speed. But, Duncan, I, I almost think that we're going to see the end of these data caps when you're talking about gigabit speeds. If you're talking, because, like, most people realize that they have a certain amount that they're allowed to download per month. But when you get to the gigabit speeds, you really need an unlimited data plan. Uh, well, some of the uh, uh, I, I don't know all the all the prices on offer uh, from all the providers, but at least a couple of the ones that I've seen and use in my presentation uh, say that the, uh, the the gigabit package is unlimited. So yes, I think we'll see some. I should note when we talk about gigabit, we're talking almost always about speed down. Upload speeds still tend to be restricted to you know around about a hundred megabits per second. What other cool things uh, are coming up here? We got to talk. We got to talk about VR headsets. If you were down at CES, oh, yes. you, saw, you saw a lot of those. Uh, if, if 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 I was at CES and and the number of people who nearly you know hit me while waving their arms around while wearing VR. <laughs> these sets we, we know a lot about them uh, there's 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 the cheaper versions there's the cardboard ones there's millions of those out there those are only really good for pilots they're pretty uncomfortable to wear for more than a few minutes uh, there's ones you wear by putting your smartphone inside uh, that'll be a growth area that's a couple hundred bucks uh, per device and then there's some high-end sets like the uh, there's one from HTC there's the oculus rift uh, these devices uh, cost about five six hundred dollars they also require really high-end computers or gaming consoles to be connected to uh, we're predicting that for the first time ever, this will be a billion-dollar industry in 2016. Between the hardware and the software, we're expecting to see a billion dollars. But I do need to caution you, and you will know this from being down at CES, it's all about the gamer culture. The, the gamers love VR, 
Uh, it's absolutely a huge thing for video games. Uh, whether it is something that we see in our living rooms, uh, you know, will we will we be sitting on the family sofa with all of us with these helmets on our head? You know, the poor dog <laughs> sitting there looking at us, wondering what's going on. You know, why is nobody patting my head? Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a tragedy, actually. Duncan, I I tried it down uh, at CES. I tried the HTC one, and uh, you're right. Like this is the first time that I've tried on a VR headset, and I thought this is going to go. This is going to go big. Like it was just amazing the experience. So I'm uh, I'm fascinated to see how fast it takes off. And you're right, it's the gamer culture. But you know, will it hit mainstream is a, a big question. Yeah, my own view, and this is actually not part of the Deloitte research. So part of the Deloitte research is this is going to be big in our jobs. You know, are we going to walk into work and and get trained on a VR headset? Oh, I could see that. Could I see real estate agents giving virtual tours of homes? You know, you don't like the wall color? No problem. Tap, tap on the keyboard. How do you like it in green? You know, that would be uh, a really cool app. Medicine uh, in B.C. You know, I think about B.C. I, gr- I grew up in Vancouver. And, you know, I knew so many people in dangerous environments having jobs down in mines and, and stuff like that. Picture operating maybe a remote-controlled robot through a VR headset uh, sort of in a telepresence thing, I could save a lot of a lot of lives. So I think the enterprise angle is another really interesting one. Well, Duncan, uh, as always, uh, pleasure to have you on and, and hear all these predictions. Is there a place that people can find out more information about this? Yeah, uh, if you go on the Deloitte website, and I think uh, www.tmtpredictions.ca has it, uh, you can download a report. Uh, we've got videos, podcasts. Uh, individual PDFs, and uh, uh, there is, of course, uh, coming soon, a VR version of Deloitte Predictions. <laughs> where you, you battle evil robots to find your way to the land of the future. No, I, I made that one up, but now that I say it, I think it's a pretty cool idea for 2017. <laughs> well, Duncan, try to have a good time in Paris. Uh, I'll see if I can manage that, thanks. That was Duncan Stewart uh, from Deloitte talking about all the, uh, the great uh, tech pr- predictions coming up in the next uh, couple years. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to take a few uh, tech Questions here uh, in the last part of the show, 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here. We're taking a few calls. We're going to jump to Don. Hi, Don. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I read uh, online that Google's uh, doing some preliminary testing on a uh, not having to sign on with a password. I don't know exactly how it works or uh, or what the deal is or what the advantages are or the security. Do you have any uh, insight into that? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, obviously, passwords run our lives now for everything on smartphones to get into different websites, online banking. And we're horrible at it. Yeah, I mean... My password sucks. <laughs> and you're supposed to change them all the time, and they've got to have different numbers and characters. And you're not supposed to use the same one for yeah. different websites. So, uh, you know, I, I look forward to the day where I don't have to use passwords, but Google's working on this. It is a trendy thing of basically eliminating the passwords from our lives. And we have technology that can do that. And a lot of it comes through biometrics. And if anybody that has an iPhone, you know you can unlock your phone now with the touch of your finger. Yes. So they're trying to use that, and not only that, but your voice. You want your, your phone to be able to recognize your voice, but it takes time. So what Google is trying to experiment is what they call a trust score. So they take all this data, and then they go, yeah, I think that's you. Um, but you know, a lot of it's going through biometrics. There's a Canadian company that is making this little, it's like a bracelet. And what it does is it tracks your heartbeat. And apparently, 
all of us, the rhythms of our heart are unique to us, just like the fingerprint on, on, on our hands. And they're using that technology. So you have this bracelet, and every time you grab your phone, it's using through Bluetooth. It understands going, yeah, that's you because I know your, the way your heart beats, and then it just unlocks your phone. And so they want to make this and scale it. So in the future, you want to unlock your car. You put your hand to open the door, and that bracelet is communicating with your car. It goes, yeah, that's you because I, I know your heartbeat and the rhythm patterns unlocks that. So we might see soon the end of passwords. It's the big trend thing right now, but I think we're still away. Anybody that is using passwords, we have that two-step authentication where if you try to log in, on, say, on a device that you don't normally use, Google will send you a text message on your phone going, is that you? And you go, yes, it is. I recommend that everybody put that on on different sites and stuff that they need it. But in a couple of years, I think the password is going to be uh, gone like the dodo bird. I'm going to jump here to, uh, is it Yvonne? Yes, it is. Hello, Mike. Hello. Um, I'm thinking of getting a new laptop because my poor old Toshiba has really um, had it. Um, But when we've been looking at them, we got new laptops. We've noticed that they're doing away um, with the C drive, I mean, what's the thinking behind that? The the CD-ROM drives, you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's because that all the software and everything that uh, you can get for computers now can be downloaded through the Internet. So uh, you don't need to go into a store anymore and purchase a box of, of software. You can just go to the company's website and, uh, you know, basically click on the yeah. download link. So, um I know it's kind of weird when they do away with some of these things, but mm. at the same time, I can't even remember the last time I even thought that I needed to use the CD drive. Oh, I CD use it drive. to play my CDs. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is um, the mouse pad. Yeah. The one I got is um, still got the two buttons at the front, then the mouse pad um, behind it, and now we noticed it's all one. Yes. What do you think about that? Uh, that's the way they're all going as well. So it's is a bit it? of a change, yeah. So basically, you've got to press down on the the pad, and that's yeah. the, the whole pad is a button essentially. So it's, it's just it it just takes a bit of getting used to. Yes, yeah. it's different, but I think that's something you can get used to. You can still get laptops that have the CD DVD drive. So yeah, um, you know, if you go down and visit it, like a, a London Drugs, they've got a fantastic selection down there, and those guys, I love them because they know what they're talking about, which is great. So uh, I know there are still uh, a lot of selection as far as. Uh, laptops that do have the CD drive. But you know what I would recommend? Check out some of these music streaming services now uh, as well. Just not Songza. <laughs> not Songza because that's gone. Uh, Google Music, uh, you know, Spotify. Spotify. Uh, you know, these are great uh, services where you'd have access to literally uh, millions of songs. They're about 10 bucks a month. It's like a subscription, but uh, it's kind of fun because you get to explore all different types of music. Plus, you can use the free version, and it'll play a little commercial between that, so you don't have to pay. Yeah. But I'm going to warn you, because I was the guy, I'm, I'm never going to pay for you know streaming services, and then I got three months free, and once you go and you get that, that, that experience of being able to play basically any song you could ever think about and yeah. have at your fingertips, it's hard to go back to the free version and, and listen to those commercials. It's, you get so much value. It's kind of like Netflix. you know. Yeah. Once you... Subscribe to Netflix. Most people don't leave it because it's just so convenient and, and it's just great value for, for what you pay for. Yeah, Yvonne, I, I recommend trying uh, these music services. Uh, it, they're fun. They're, I mean, like, there's millions of songs. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive, 10 bucks a month, so cheaper than a CD. Uh, and you get access to all sorts of different great playlists, and, uh, you know, I love it.
We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, App of the Week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. It's that time of the week. We've got uh, Christina in studio to uh, give us the latest hot app. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. What do you got for us? I have an app called Flow State this week. Flow State. Yes. And what does this one do? Uh, this app will actually help you write. What if you don't need help writing? You need help writing. Yeah, that's probably true. So what kind of writing are we talking about? So if you are a writer, you will find now with the internet that you are exceptionally inefficient because there's always that one little thing that you need to look up, the Twitter feed that you need to scroll through, the email you need to respond to, and three hours later, you've put nothing on paper. And so what does it do? So what it does is... It actually is a pared down word editor, but what it does is if you stop typing for more than seven seconds, it deletes what you've typed. <laughs> what? Yes. So you're losing your content. If you check that email and move away from this editor for more than seven seconds, you're losing all of that amazing content you just created. So if you've written a few pages of content... And you stop for seven seconds? Yep. Gone. Who the hell would want this? This is crazy. No, it, well, it's not actually because it stops you from overthinking it and it stops you from editing as you write, which makes writing really inefficient. So if you actually write and put the stuff down on paper, you can go back and fix the editing later. But it's really hard for you to get anything done if you are constantly going back and deleting and fixing, etc. Okay, so my, my big question is, when you're finally finished your masterpiece, uh, provided that it hasn't been deleted by this awful program, <laughs> how, do you, how do you finish it? Well, you set a countdown timer every time you sit down to write. So if you want to write for 20 minutes uninterrupted, once that 20 minutes is up, you get to keep that content Okay, what if I'm at like uh, 18 minutes and there's a fire? Well, I don't know, Mike. You're going to have to problem solve your way out of that one. So my content, I'm, I'm escaping the building with my life, but all the stuff I've written is gone. That's correct. But I guess my laptop would have gone up in flames anyway, unless I carried it with me. Are you carrying your laptop through a fire? Is that what you're doing well, these days? Well, if I've just written for, uh, you know, 18 minutes, maybe I, my, maybe I am. So... <laughs> Hopefully this is free. No, it's not. Oh. So it's thirteen ninety nine for iOS. Fourteen bucks? Yes. For a an evil app that will delete your content. It is a brutal way, but I $14. think it's efficient. Okay, does this appeal to you? Yeah. You're a bit of a writer. Yes, and I find that I get so distracted and I'm so inefficient doing it. So this might be a way to snap me out of that. I'd love to hear what other people think of this. Uh, you can tweet us at Get Connected Now. If you're a writer, does this, <laughs> what's it called again? Flow state. Flow state appeal to you, or does it freak you out? Uh, again, at Get Connected Now. <laughs> We'd love to uh, hear uh, what you think uh, over Twitter. Uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you. What do you think, Annie? 
That is one app I am never going to download. <laughs> and you have to pay for it too. $14 for something that you, you have this great idea and then you just pause for a bit and then it's gone. Yeah, no. It's crazy, right? That's nuts. I bet they sell tons of it. If you're a writer and you have, <laughs> you got some other issues, you don't need this app. You know, like focus, focus, collect your thoughts and then keep writing. Oh, well, I'd love to hear what people think of that. Uh, I want to encourage uh, all our listeners to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got uh, some great content up there, the radio show. You can visit our YouTube channel at Get Connected Media. All our, all our CS coverage is yep. now up online. If you want to see a high-tech toilet, you got to check it out right on our channel. Get Connected TV Show is the channel name on YouTube. High-tech toilet? Yeah. I, d- I didn't see that one. Oh, I, oh I'm going to watch that. i got to tell you about it. <laughs> want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Andy Brar, my co-host and producer, and Christina for coming in studio. We're logging off. We'll see you again next week.